The ancient Greek chorus serves two fundamental uh, roles for the whole theatre experience. The first is just um, fun. It's wonderfully exciting. The ancient Greeks always talked with great excitement about the moment when the chorus would start up. The other thing that the chorus did, though, was provide the perspective of the community on what was happening. So we don't just get Creon and Antigone fighting about whether there's a burial. We get the citizens of Thebes, the whole city actually, represented by those 12 citizens. There will be victory celebrations today and singing in the streets. Time to dance all night, to shake the foundations till the faint light of dawn flushes the windows. Now, with both brothers gone, Creon is king. He made the most of his fortune and the God's choice. As the people rejoice, the new king enters to take his throne, the responsibility his alone. The chorus is maybe the most the most problematic or most challenging, or certainly the thing that you think about first when you think about how to stage these uh, classical tragedies today. Polly read this version of the play, the Don Taylor version. She read it and thought that in his translation, and quite possibly in many other translations, but specifically in this one, that the chorus didn't seem like they all thought the same thing all the way through. Some unforgiving Olympian cast the weight of his vengeance on the whole race so that agony, destruction, disgrace, destroys son and daughter and darkens their halls with tragedy. The cold hands of the dead reach out for the living and no one is spared. Another generation sheds its blood. New light is snuffed out. The young root is bared for the same bloody axe. The sin of Oedipus, arrogance, brings its bleak harvest in. But all men hope. And some have ambition. If you look at the speeches very closely, that there is argument within the chorus. The chorus says, maybe it's this thing, or maybe it's something else. And when that's in one voice, that's interesting. But if you split it up into two voices, it suddenly becomes very dramatic. So you found that you could develop arguments within this group, that this group is not one homogenous mass, but that there are different opinions and different um, points of view and different responses to the action that's going on in the scenes. So we knew that we were going to make the chorus um, a gang of men who were running one of these secret underground, they're called continuance of government facilities, is the posh phrase for them. Um, but what was fantastic about the workshop week was being able to work out who those 10 people might be. If you were in charge of a country and you had to come up with a skeleton staff of 10 men to ship underground to run the country in a, the most economic way possible, who would you have? And okay, so you'd need to have your attorney general and um, you would need to have your military intelligence person. But you would also need the guy who was gonna clean the bathrooms and make your sandwiches. So it was quite a fun week in terms of working out what the status of those 10 men might be, how they might interact with each other, and then to use that as a way of starting to carve up the lines, who has a low status line, who has a high status line, all that kind of thing. There was a kind of stylization to the chorus's movements in those sections because we felt it, although I'm saying we were trying to make a real world, we also felt that it was really important that in the sections of chorus you feel that the world gets heightened somehow, that, that, th that it becomes theatricalised. So there was 
a sense of that the business of the state, this kind of, you know, these files and photocopiers and stamps and pieces of paper could somehow become a sort of dance in those moments, that it could become musicalised and chore choreographed so that you felt a lift and when that lift happened you could then hear this slightly more heightened poetry of the chorus sort of emerge from that and respond to that. We took a lot of office, basic office tasks like photocopying or sweeping up or making the tea or whatever it might be. And over the workshop stage, Aline, the movement director, and I would hone down those um, sequences into five or six very, very precise moments, work out how to repeat them, how to extend them, how to, what they look like if they were speeded up, what they look like if they were in slow motion, and then try to put the ten people together so they were making a kind of... Yeah, office ballet was the phrase that we kept using all the time, so that we could still find a way of bringing these ten guys together to create something choral and heightened, although not in a way that you would normally associate with those plays, and then be able to fragment it again so they could all have their own agendas the next time that they were speaking. I think we're absolutely remaining the essence of a chorus, uh, yet we have yet we are totally, totally individual people and think individually. But a chorus doesn't have to be necessarily um, a body that thinks together. They're just a body that speaks together, you know, usually. And so I, I think we're still remaining absolutely in a traditional chorus, yet we don't think at the same, at the same time all the same things. <laughs> 